Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. The brackets are out. Reaction pouring in. You can join us, Outkick 360, on social media, including Twitter is where you can follow us. You can join chat in the chat right now. Uh, That is going on on YouTube. Just subscribe to the channel, Outkick 360. And if you're listening across uh, the Outkick Network with all of our great stations and partners, uh, like Sports Radio 104.7, Somo Sports Radio in Missouri, uh, we say hello to Joplin. Also hello to everyone in Florence, Alabama, in Huntsville, in Muscle Shoals, and Fox Sports Shoals. Uh, you can join us as well. And we invite everyone to join us for the Outkick Bracket Challenge. Some great prizes uh, on, on full display for your chance to win a, a bar tab here at 6th and Peabody, our studio location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, $500 bar tab plus the private bar access for a couple of hours. That's like an $1,800 value. You get that for winning the bracket. On top of the fact, you'll get four tickets in a suite to see Bill Burr, comedian Bill Burr, who's coming to Nashville. Uh, plenty of reasons to come to Nashville. We're giving you a great one here. You can throw a party which we'll attend, we'll gladly attend, we'll walk out of the studio and and attend, and then we'll go to Bill Burr with you that same night. You need to invite us to the party. That should be part of it. We we will invite ourselves. Absolutely. But we prefer an invitation. So if you win the party with the bar access, with the tab, we prefer to be invited. Because we can walk right over there. Plenty of uh, merchandise, shirts, hats, We can plan this thing out where right after the show. Yep. Kind of a happy hour yep. excursion. We, we'll, could broad- we'll, we could broadcast live from the party. Sign off air. We'll walk back over there. Or you're right. We'll just broadcast from the bar right next to you during the show. Let's you know make what? this we're, happen. We won't leave. We're not leaving. And uh, we'll, we'll stay and, and party with you uh, if you win the bracket. And plus, you get, your, uh, you get the headshot or you get the, you know, the family display. We'll do a family photo album up here of you and, the, <laughs> and whoever you want to display if you win uh, here in studio with us. Uh, just sign up. You can find the link at Outkick360 on Twitter. Uh, Reed's posting this to our Facebook page. Uh, it'll be uh, up uh, practically anywhere you, you find the show, uh, including uh, the local radio uh, stations and partners as well. We invite everyone to jump in and play. Uh, Dockage is in. Uh, Clay's in. We filled out our brackets. Every, I've, I asked the crew to fill out theirs. We, can, we should come up with a prize, by the way, for our, our in-studio crew, everyone that works behind the scenes. For the best bracket, I haven't heard a lot like a of pack uh, of cigs for for Jakob. I haven't heard a lot of bracket talk from our crew, but I did hear Jakob Swanson say that he has Wisconsin and Tennessee in the Final Four squaring off. So that's really two parts of his heart, right? From Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah, lives here now. So that's that's the one bracket nugget I have from our crew. Big uh, signings uh, today: Christian Kirk, free agent wide receiver from Arizona. He's now in Jacksonville. Jacksonville has paid out a reported $150 million in contracts today based on some free agent signings that will become official upon the new league year, which is on Wednesday. Of course, teams and, and 
potential current free agents they can begin negotiating now openly uh, with their current team and all of the 31 teams. Christian Kirk's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's joining Trevor Lawrence in that offense with Doug Peterson. Um, The other uh, big announcement uh, and report from Schefter, J.C. Jackson, the free agent from New England. New England decided not to place the franchise tag on Jackson. He's a free agent. He's going to be playing in L.A. The Los Angeles Chargers have agreed to terms with J.C. Jackson, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, They have already traded for Khalil Mack. They're adding Jackson at corner. That's going to allow them, at least I think so, to push Asante Samuel inside to play the nickel. And that solidifies their secondary, especially on the outside, matchup-wise. And then they add Khalil Mack for run support. And, of course, with that great playmaking ability that he has on the pass rush. The Chargers are getting after it defensively. They're addressing their defense, which held them back in 2021 and pushing forward with that young quarterback and Justin Herbert and that offense that can put up some points headed into next season in a division that is extremely competitive. They are doing what you should do if you've got the young franchise quarterback. They are fortifying. They are building around that player. And if you're facing Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson twice a year. Yep. Uh, they, they've they've maneuvered their defense through trades and free agency to really bolster their defensive lineup. That's the big signing. Um, uh, aside from that, Trubisky to the Steelers is among the quarterback carousels that, that we continue to, to watch where uh, yesterday the news came out that Tom Brady's back in Tampa. Deshaun Watson remains on the trade block. He has that no-trade clause, which means if you hear that he's meeting with the team that they're talking uh, extensively with working out a trade is because Watson's willing to go there. The two teams that have reportedly uh, been granted that access for tomorrow is Carolina and New Orleans. Those are the two in play as it stands right now. Maybe there's another team that gets involved. The Seahawks come to mind, but the Seahawks are rebuilding. And to me, Watson's not looking to do that. The, The Carolina will be in a, I mean, clearly they're in a, a division that they need to be competitive in. Matt Rule going into uh, some veteran years now uh, and on the hot seat. And then in New Orleans, they're trying, they, they have a chance to add a quarterback and, and keep things moving with a talented offense. What is New Orleans under Dennis Allen and not Sean Payton? Sean Payton was there for so long, it's tough to know. If Sean Payton was still there, I would be circling New Orleans and saying, boy, that is the perfect spot for Deshaun Watson with Sean Payton's ability with a star quarterback and how he can work with a quarterback, we don't really know what New Orleans is now well, with Allen. But keep in mind, they still have Pete Carmichael. We know they're in salary cap hell. Pete Carmichael was there in New Orleans with Sean Payton, as was Dennis Allen. So they've just they, they've kept their uh, – he wasn't calling plays, but Carmichael, he was running Sean Payton's offense. Um, but that is a talented group. At receiver, and of course with Camara, and you put Watson in there. That that's a in, on top of the fact that Carolina's trying to improve by adding the same guy, and then Brady's back at Tampa. Well, that makes that division that much more interesting. If it's Carolina or New Orleans that that adds to Sean Watson, that would be big for either one. Obviously, let's continue with our bracket breakdown. We've gone through. Uh, the left portion of the bracket, if you filled yours out this morning or, or, or last night, we've gone through the west and, fill and, it out with us with our bracket and the east. We now move on to the south region where the Arizona Wildcats 
are the number one seed, a, a, a nice team that it's hard to pick against as you continue to fill out your bracket. At least it was for me. Uh, I have Seton Hall facing them in round number two, but I have Arizona easily to the Sweet 16 in a matchup against Houston. Chad, where do you come down on Illinois and with UAB in in, in the first-round matchup against Houston? The Cougars just beat Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. They play a grinded-out defensive-like style that's going to be the exact mirror image opposite uh, completely opposite of, of what UAB is going to do. UAB, under Andy Kennedy, is running gun. They're trying to put up 80, 85, 90. And Houston's the exact opposite of that. I'm taking Houston, based on and I'm recency bias here, unlike the committee, I'm taking Houston to advance based on what I saw yesterday against Memphis. And I have them moving on to eventually face Arizona. Houston's a tough team. I'm probably going to regret this. I've got UAB and Chattanooga playing in the second round. I, this always works out this way where I have two of my bigger upsets facing each other in round number two. Mm-hmm. I like UAB. I like their up-tempo style. I like Andy Kennedy. I like teams that have a let-it-rip mentality when they get to tournament time. Houston is never going to be one of those teams, the way they play. It's a big upset, but I like UAB over Houston, and I like Chattanooga, who is a veteran guard-led team that can really shoot it to upset Illinois. Give me the mocks and the Blazers in round number two. I've got Chattanooga and UAB winning in the first round. I've got Chattanooga as my surprise Sweet 16 team uh, coming out of the South region. It's um, and they and remember that's the team that won on the you know hell Mary forty footer at the buzzer to beat Furman to win their conference title. Maybe if you're picking Chattanooga, you're picking them to hit practically every three they take in that game. Because if I'm Illinois, I just pound it inside with Coburn and win the game and move on. Yeah, again, I... I There's I, not many that can match up with him. I did it and feel like I'm going to immediately regret it, but I also didn't want to have chalk uh, everywhere across the board. So I had to have some upsets somewhere. Uh, those are the two that I picked. Top half of the bracket, I, I love Zona. Um, Benedict Matherin, Coloco, Tubalus. They've got such great inside-outside presence. They got the perfect swingman in, in in Matherin. They've got uh, Kerr, the the guard that's coming back from the ankle injury, but is a great three-point shooter. I really like Arizona in this bracket, and I'm going to like them even more if it's Chattanooga or UAB they're playing <laughs> the Sweet Sixteen. Well, and then you've got Seton Hall TCU. Um, I, I went with Seton Hall in the second round matchup. And you're right about the UAB Houston. Again, I, I think Houston can slow down that game and, and beat UAB. Um, well, UA- Houston went to the Final Four last year. Yeah, but I, I'm with com- that style, same style. I went to the Final Four, but they're a five seed for a reason. Yeah, and uh, not as good as they were a year ago. And I, I've got them facing Arizona. I don't, Arizona to me, Chad, has a very manageable top half of this bracket. Yeah, as you start to to piece this together, I, I feel I feel the opposite of the. Uh, of Baylor, uh, and to some extent Gonzaga, when I start to look at the matchups for Arizona and how they match up with these teams. Bottom half, uh, as we start to piece it together, here's where we get to Tennessee is the three. They'll, they'll face the winner of Ohio State and Loyola in round number two. Yeah, Tennessee will play Colorado oh, State, sorry, Michigan. Oh, sorry, Colorado State, Michigan. Uh, and then Loyola will, will, will get Villanova in round two, at least for me. Um, Loyola, Ohio State, 
moving on to the uh, the round of 32. So Loyola's won at least two NCAA tournament games their last two trips. Um, I've got them upsetting, a small upset, but upsetting Ohio State. I've got them upsetting Villanova. I've got a Tennessee-Loyola rematch of four years ago, or three years ago in the tournament, four years ago, uh, in the Sweet 16. Uh, I've got Tennessee versus Arizona in the Elite Eight in that in that bracket. I also will say, if it's Tennessee and Nova in the Sweet 16, that will be an absolute war of defensive-minded basketball between those two. Tennessee lost big to Nova very early in the year in one of those preseason tournaments. Um, different Tennessee team now. I think that, that if it's set up that way, that has a classic in the making of just back and forth Great defensive basketball also. So that's one to watch. And I actually, you know, for Tennessee for a three seed, all the talk about them, I like their draw. Mm. You know, I think they're going to beat Longwood. I, I've got Colorado State over Michigan. Michigan's very up and down. They've got some good talent. they got a great big man in Hunter Dickinson. But I think Colorado State's going to beat them. Colorado State's one of those teams. They're 25-5. Veteran-led, won a ton of games together. Um, I think Tennessee beats Colorado State in round two, and I, I think they've got a they've got a nice draw to maybe get to the Elite Eight. But Arizona, to me, is one of the two best teams in the country with Gonzaga. Michigan gets in as the at-large, uh, despite what happened towards the end of the season with Juwan Howard missing five games. Um, they get the 11 seed against Colorado State. I have Michigan advancing out of the first round. Um, this is where, you know, I, I, I make up the rules as I go. I fully admit that. But to me, the Big Ten, what, nine teams in the tournament? Yep. At some point, that has to pay off. Uh, playing that type of schedule and the committee rewarding the teams, uh, even teams that had a losing record in their conference, shows you the respect they have for conference play there. Um, to me, the, the, you mentioned the wars. The wars within that conference have to pay off in some of these first and second round matchups. I have Tennessee, by the way, to the Elite Eight against Zona. Yep, same. I've got the same matchup. I've got Arizona beating Tennessee in the Elite Eight. Me too. So um, I've, got, I've got Arizona in the Final Four. I think what you're talking about with that payoff of the tough schedule and the Big Ten will go to Indiana. It's starting in the, the first four game, uh, and they're going to make a run to the Sweet 16. But Michigan is another good candidate that they have the talent to get there uh, and could be a very tough second-round matchup for Tennessee. Hit us up, agree or disagree, at Outkick360 is where you can chime in. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll chat with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. We'll go back to this South region and discuss Tennessee as the three seed, the matchups for a potential Final Four run for Rick Barnes's group. That's coming up in 15 minutes. When we come back, we'll move down a region and go to the Midwest, where Kansas and Auburn are your top two seeds in the bottom portion of this bracket. We get to that next on OutKick 360. First, though, FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the site to go sign up. You get $150 uh, to bet on any game in the tournament right now. It's that simple. You bet $5.00. You get $150 in site credit back automatically, regardless if you win or lose the bet. And this bet can be for any game. You pick any team at any point in the NCAA tournament. It's just got to be your first bet when you sign up for new users. FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the login and the link 
Again, bet five to win 150 in site credit. Even if you lose, you still get $150 in site credit for FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. On tomorrow's show, we will have Steve Atwater getting that confirmed right now. Pro Football Hall of Fame safety. Looking forward to that chat. Plus, John McClain and Trey Wallace is going to join us. Um, Trey will be on location at one of these regional matchups. He'll be in Indy. He will be, for yep. sure? I got that confirmation from okay. him. Okay, uh, great. I mean, well, he gets to go cover Tennessee and Kentucky. Yep. Which is awesome for OutKick. And uh, Murray State. And, and Murray, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we, we'll be previewing all of that with him all week. Uh, and he'll join us to recap what he saw in Tampa as well, where Tennessee won the SEC championship yesterday over A&M. Brent Hub's about to join us in 10 minutes to recap that. Steve Atwater, by the way, we like to say, you know, let's bang hats on oh, this show. Yeah. That is a yeah. man who knows how to bang some hats. Let me tell no you. No doubt. He almost invented banging hats in his day. Uh, that was a hard-hitting player. He's uh, been a part of some great chats with us in the past. Looking yes. forward to it tomorrow. That will be at 2.20 Central, 3.20 Eastern. Hope you'll join us for that. Uh, before we uh, chat with Hubs, let's get into uh, the bottom portion of our bracket, the Midwest, where uh, we see Kansas atop. Kansas does not get enough talk for me. Winning the Big 12 and then winning the tournament. Uh, number one on top in what's a, a very competitive and deep conference, just like the SEC and the Big 10. I have uh, Kansas making a run here, Chad. Um, Iowa, though, I continue to stay on board the Hawkeyes. Watching them score, I can't get over the fact that they put up 115 points in the Big Ten tournament. They can score it. They're very good. Uh, Kansas, not just winning the tournament, Hutton, average of 16 points. They steamrolled through that Big 12 tournament. And you're right. I mean, that's, that's just Bill Self, too. They win that league they win. every year. They win. It's incredible. Uh, Kansas. But see, to me, I think we, we haven't find... had the, uh, the NCAA tournament success at times, right. but they but win every, every year. Every year, I'm looking for reasons to for, for a team that did not win the Big 12 to make a run. And then I look for reasons why I'm not buying Kansas. And this year, I'm, I'm buying them at least for a run through the Elite Eight. And we'll get to that in a moment. But any upsets for you, Chad, as you look at the top portion of this bracket? Because again, I have Iowa. 
I've got San Diego State advancing over Creighton to take on Kansas. I'm curious what you think about South Dakota State against uh, against uh, Providence here in the 413. That's yeah. one of the that's one of the first games on Thursday. So I've got and that's one. I think the line is three, two and a half or three. Providence favored another close 413 game. Arkansas five point favorite over Vermont 413 game. I got Kansas. Uh, I've got Kansas all the way to the Final Four uh, in this bracket. I've got San Diego State over Creighton. That is a first one to fifty type game. Both very low scoring teams in that one. I've got Iowa and all that offense against a Richmond team that looked really good in that A ten championship. Caught a lot of that on Sunday on on CBS. But I've got um, I've got Iowa beating them. I've got Providence surviving South Dakota State. Jack Rabbits are good. I think it'll be a close game. But I, I've I've got chalk in the top half of that bracket. Should we go to the bottom half? Let's go to the bottom because uh, Iowa State, LSU, th- this is where I, I, I'm buying into the fact that LSU now, w- without Will Wade, they're done. And I agree. Uh, they're, they're done. I, I've got them exiting early uh, against Iowa State. Iowa State moving on to take on Wisconsin. Yeah, I've got the same. I've got Iowa State as the 11 upset over LSU. LSU... I want to say he's a three-point favorite in that game. Uh, Wisconsin, I've got beating Colgate. And uh, USC, USC and Miami, really cool matchup. Tallest team in the tournament and one of the shortest teams in the tournament. Miami will play three, sometimes four guards. They USC have great guard play. has got great post play. Yeah, I've got USC. I've got the bigger team winning in that one. I think USC-Auburn is going to be interesting in the second round. The way USC plays... But I've got Auburn winning that one. So bottom half, I've got Iowa State versus Wisconsin in round two, USC versus Auburn. I have Auburn out before the Sweet 16. I have Auburn losing to Miami in their guards. Nice. I have Miami to the Sweet 16 to face Wisconsin. Uh, ultimately, out of this bracket, I have in my final four, Iowa taking on Arizona. Well, Dan Dockich approves, by the way. He loves Iowa as well. I've got Auburn going down to Wisconsin in the Sweet 16. I've got Kansas, Wisconsin in the Elite Eight. Give me the Jayhawks. i got a very chalky Final Four. Uh, but I've got Kansas winning in the Midwest. Kansas versus Arizona in the Final Four for me. Well, okay, so now let's get into our, our championship matchups. Kansas, by the way, we all have the team that we pick every year to go deep yeah. and that typically hurts you when you do it or you miss the year. They go on a Final Four run. Kansas is one of those teams for me. When I pick them to go deep, they lose in the first or second round. When I pick them to lose in the first or second round, they always... So you need to fade me when it comes to Kansas on your bracket. Always fade with row with Kansas. I have Kentucky and Arkansas, Arizona, Iowa as a Final Four. Kentucky and Arizona. I love your all-SEC national semifinal. Kentucky, Arizona for the national title, which reminds me you know, of the, the famous... Simon says championship year of the overtime victory of Arizona over Kentucky. That was 1997. I, I have the uh, Miles Simon Arizona win. I have Olson. Kentucky winning the national championship. Fans of the Commonwealth are going to love you for that one. So I've got Gonzaga versus Kentucky. Sorry to the fans of the Commonwealth. Zags <laughs> and Chet Holmgren, the seven foot one unicorn, will beat Kentucky. So I've got Gonzaga. Beating Kentucky in one semi, I've got Arizona, Kansas, a blue blood uh, type of, uh, of Final Four here. I've got Arizona over Kansas. I've got an all-mountain 
time zone or Pacific time zone final, Gonzaga, Arizona, this is the time for Mark Few to push it through. Mark Few and the Zags win it. I've got Gonzaga as my national champion. Hit us up now and that I've let said us know. This, and you can, you can join the bracket challenge, by the way. I just, I just confirmed that none of this will happen now. You can join the bracket challenge. Uh, go to our social media accounts. You can go to outkick.com as well and sign up. Great prizes at stake. You're, you're filling out tons of brackets today and tomorrow. Fill one out with us and Outkick. It's the Outkick Bracket Challenge with Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Beer, and Sixth and Peabody. Uh, your chance to win some great prizes, but also compete against us, compete against uh, Clay and Dockage and others with Outkick. Uh, join us for the Outkick Bracket Challenge today. Outkick.com is where you can sign up for more. Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com joins us via Zoom. The Tennessee Volunteers made quite the run towards the end of the regular season. Then they go down to Tampa, win the SEC, uh, and and do so in a fantastic game, fantastic performance start to finish against Texas A&M. End up with the three seed and end up being the talk of all of the talking heads and pundits breaking down the brackets today. Brent joins us from Knoxville. Brent, hope you're doing well. And I'm, I'm assuming the Vols are always the topic at VolQuest, but now you're trying to discuss why they're not a two seed. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that is the, the, the topic. I mean, Tennessee fans enjoyed winning their first uh, SEC tournament championship since 1979 for about an hour and 15 minutes, and then it was off to uh, an assault on whoever was doing them wrong in terms of the seeding. And I do think Tennessee deserved a two seed. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, that you look at all the metrics, um, everything points to Tennessee should have been a two. I think the reality is the weekend, the conference tournaments don't matter. Uh, they, they don't play a factor at all. And, and I think that's something that Rick Barnes addressed today. And I think that's something that this committee uh, in the NCAA needs to address at some point. Let's kind of rank, Brent, if we can, everything Rick Barnes said today. He said there should be a press conference for the committee on the Monday after Selection, selection Sunday. He said A&M not in baffles him. Uh, he said that teams that are securely in the tournament should rest their starters and allow other teams a chance if the tournament doesn't matter. Uh, how would you rank the comments made by Rick Barnes today at his media availability? Well, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I'm really not that, that he would feel that way. He made it very clear what he believed in this conference all season long, how many should be in the tournament. Clearly, he, as a veteran coach who's on the rules committee and has been on a bunch of committees, is bothered by the fact that uh, the narrative is out there that, that Sunday in particular doesn't matter. And we've got Joe Lenardi saying the, the, the top seeds were already set before you ever got to Sunday in, in conference championships. Uh, so I, I understand all of that. I mean, that tongue-in-cheek and the fact that you're going to stay home and, and forfeit the conference tournament, but, but his point's well taken – Look, it would have benefited the it would have benefited the SEC uh, for Tennessee not to win because they would have got another team in, just as the ACC did by getting Virginia Tech in when they upset Duke. Um, I, my personal feeling is, wh why are we talking about quad one wins and quad two wins and good losses and bad losses and adding all of these alleged matrix when it doesn't appear that those are any kind of real factor in anybody's decision? Because if you look at those numbers. Uh, there's no there's no justification for putting Tennessee where they are in terms of a three seed. Um, so th th that's my bigger thing is, is let's quit talking about stuff that doesn't matter. Right. I mean, we, we, for every I mean, Monday through Sunday, 
when we got a co- college basketball game on, whatever network it's on, all we hear about is co- quad one wins and quad two and good loss and bad loss. And those, they just don't seem to matter much when you look at the way this thing was seeded. And not just Tennessee, but, but where some other teams are, are seeded as well. Bottom line is Tennessee's a three. That's not a bad draw to, to advance into that second weekend, and, and we'll see if this team continue to play can, can continue to play the way they've been playing. Yeah, and we'll get into that draw here in just a moment, Brent, but you brought something up I want to ask you about. Tennessee not having a bad loss all year. That's difficult to accomplish, and that's one that I feel like maybe was the most overlooked part of this, was you go through everyone on that list. I mean, Wisconsin's a three seed. They just lost to Nebraska, who for Nebraska basketball was all-time bad this year. Tennessee didn't have a single non-quad one loss, which is virtually impossible in college basketball to avoid all one bad loss all year. And do you feel like that was overlooked by everyone? Yeah, I don't think there's any question it was. And, and I think it was um, magnified. The, the overlooking of it is magnified when you hear pundits out there and you, and you hear the people on the, on the selection committee talking about how Tennessee wasn't as good as they needed to be away from home. You know, uh, I mean, is, is that one of those things uh, where, um, <laughs> you, you know, wh- why are we playing these games? Why are you scheduling a, a big time opponent on the road or on a neutral site deal? If you're not going to get any benefit from playing that, if you're just going to look at that record and say, okay, Tennessee wasn't great away from home this year. So you're punished. Okay. Well, who are they playing away from home? Well, I mean, they're playing some teams that are ahead of them in the tournament. You know, they, they played Villanova. They played Texas Tech, both on neutral sites. And then the SEC beat the crap out of each other, you know, on their home floors all season long. So, uh, yeah, I think clearly Tennessee did not get the benefit of being consistently good all season long and not having one of those uh-oh moments because Tennessee didn't have one of those this entire season, which is a great testament to Rick Barnes and his program. Brent, you make all great points there. It's the toughest thing for me on the three versus two debate is how do you not pay attention to the way this team is currently playing? Where they go to Tampa, they led for more than thirty-seven minutes in each of their three wins. If you combine it, the Vols were ahead in those matchups for one hundred and thirteen minutes and thirty-nine seconds of a possible one hundred twenty minutes total. I mean, they dominated in Tampa. On top of that, in their last two meetings against Kentucky, they held the Wildcats to 62 and 63 points. Uh, They're going to be a popular pick for everyone's bracket as we start moving forward. Um, I guess the biggest question now is, can Rick Barnes, whose team is peaking at the right time, continue to get this, this type of play out of this lineup and how they're going about doing things? Because they're being they're strong on both ends of the floor. They're leading games. And they're defending like they've always done. We may have lost him there briefly, but Chad, the, the, we'll, we'll the, try to reconnect. They, they've won games by scoring ninety. They have won games by scoring fifty. They've also lost games by scoring fifty. But point being, Chad, if can they continue to ride the momentum? Because right now Barnes has got that group playing a peak performance. Yeah, I think that they can win a number of different ways. There's not one route one formula for Tennessee to win. They, they can win a low-scoring defensive game, and they can win a shootout. Uh, I think th- that's, that's the key with this team. Only, to me, only Arizona, if we're just looking at the top eight seeds, only Arizona finished a season stronger, to me, with the dominant type of play. 
Well, and by the way, Rick Barnes made $800,000 in bonuses by winning the SEC tournament championship, by qualifying for the tournament, and by finishing top five in the AP. So you combine all those bonuses, he made $800,000 for this season. And now the the question goes, what can they do in in this tournament? Um, Full of confidence. Um, I cannot remember another Tennessee team that had this much confidence. That's why I'm picking them to the Elite Eight. Um, normally there's always one or two guys I'm questionable about. Even Fulkerson played a massive role in this tournament. I, I think about the 2019 team with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. This team compares to that one. Um, that one was more star-studded because everyone that was playing, for the most part, was a veteran guy who had been around for a long time. But there's something about this group, and there's something about Kennedy Chandler. I was having this discussion with, with some friends that watch a lot of basketball, and we were talking about who's the MVP of this team. My immediate answer was, it's Santiago Vescovi is the MVP. But the most indispensable guy is Kennedy Chandler. And then someone else chimed in and said, well, Josiah Jordan-James, from the moment he got healthy, has been the MVP because he does so much, and now you're adding knockdown three-point shooter to his resume, right, with this SEC yeah, tournament. that's right. That's a good thing to have. There's not one, you know, there's not one answer to it. Oh, this guy they have to have every game. Um, and the way they're guard oriented, this is different from Rick Barnes, Tennessee teams of the past, that they are so guard dominated, and that's what you want in the NCAA tournament. You, you want a team like that. I was gonna talk to Brent Hubbs about this also. I really enjoyed Mike Keith, the voice of the Titans, wrote a piece for Volquest.com about where he was in 1979 as an eleven year old kid when Tennessee last won the SEC tournament. Terrific piece, going down memory lane. But also, Mike Keith was at a grocery store walking around in the second half because he was nervous with Tennessee in the second half, having seen so many failures in the NCAA tournament before. Um, This meant some to Tennessee fans. I I watched that scene with Virginia Tech and what it meant, and that also got them in the tournament. They wouldn't have been there had they not won that game against Duke. But this SEC tournament title definitely meant something to Tennessee fans because it's been so long. And it's not like it's a program that doesn't have success. They've had a lot of wins in the last 40 years, but you know, getting to this point 42 years later, it's a big deal. Hubs is going to join us after the break uh, and get some final thoughts on the matchup. I know nothing about Longwood. I don't feel like I do. Let me, let me tell you what, how I said earlier. Uh, I don't feel like I need to, I should say. I, I, I said earlier I kind of make up the rules as I go as I fill up my bracket every year. I'm giving, I'm giving the recency bias to Tennessee – but I'm the opposite of when I look at Virginia Tech. You know, Virginia Tech closed as strong as you could, but to me, I'm not buying the Hokies the way I'm buying, buying the Vols. Well, Tennessee did it for much longer of the season, too, so you should but buy the, the Vols more. But I'm saying based on the whole riding momentum. You know, yeah. Virginia, the way Vir- Virginia Tech hit a last-second shot uh, on Thursday of last week. Maybe it may have been Wednesday of last week. Yeah, to beat Clemson in their first game. And then go on this run. Yep. And win, win the ACC and get into the tournament. Well, and blow out North Carolina and then beat Duke the way they did. Um, here's what I know about Longwood. I'll give you the, the talking points on Longwood that I, that I have right now. They shoot a lot of threes. They have two guys who shoot threes really well. And their head coach is a former CEO of an oil and energy company that just decided while he was a CEO millionaire, <laughs> he wanted to be a basketball coach. And he started from the bottom and was an assistant for his buddy, I think at Longwood, and then got elevated when his friend left to head coach. 
and this is their first ever NCAA tournament. Remember all the hats back in like the high school and early college days where you just have like the different colleges that had like innuendos on them? Yep. Longwood would certainly be among those hats now if, we, if those are still popular. Yep. Longwood and Moorhead State. Yeah, Moorhead State. <laughs> uh, They're in the Hall of Fame South for Carolina, yeah. Gamecocks. Yep. Plenty of them. They're in the Hall of Fame for 1995. They sold hats just based on their mascot. What was the the company? It was like Game. It was like the game. They had the G on the side. Yeah. Those old hats from the 90s. That those are in the Hall of Fame of those ball caps. Brent Hubbs uh, rejoins us when we return on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We continue from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Monday edition. Glad Brent Hubbs is back with us at VolQuest.com as we discuss Tennessee as a three seed in the matchups, Brent, as we start to look ahead uh, with Longwood and the potential to play either Colorado State or Michigan. What do you think about the draw itself for Tennessee, not the fact that they missed out on a potential two seed? I, I don't mind the draw. I, I really don't. I don't think it's a terrible draw. Um, I, you know, Longwood is a team that that shoots it well from the perimeter. They don't have great size. They'll want to play fast. I, I think Tennessee can defend them uh, and slow them down and, and make it difficult for them. It's a team that got routed by Iowa early in the year. Now, they have played much better uh, that once they got into conference play and, and once they got into the, the postseason, they've been a very consistent basketball team. Colorado State's got some weapons. They can pose some problems if they were to beat Michigan, which I think they will. They should. Um, but, but I think Tennessee um, will be the favorite and, and will be the expected team to get into the second weekend. Then it gets interesting. But I'll be honest, guys, when you get to the Sweet 16 and, and if you potentially get to the Elite Eight, you're supposed to be playing good teams. You know, if this thing's seated the right way, I mean, I, yeah, there's a Cinderella story here or there, but – uh, the, the NCAA and the basketball gods aren't picking you up and putting you in the Monday night final against a, an 11 seed to win the national title. I mean, you got to earn your way through it. So um, if you're Tennessee, try to find a way to get to this first weekend and uh, get, get settled into to the tournament grind and, and see what happens that next weekend. Even if a Cinderella makes it through, Brent, you're right. There are no such thing as easy matchups in, in Sweet 16 or Elite Eight play. I want to ask you about this because I had this discussion with some friends. Who was the MVP? of this Tennessee basketball team and who is the most indispensable player on this team? Is it the same guy or is it two different players? Well, maybe we lost him again. Well, we've lost Brent twice now after, after uh, a single question. That something's was, something's mean, up with Zoom, so we'll reset that and get that ready for tomorrow. That was a heck of a question too that I just asked. So it's, a it's great question. One of, I was, one of I was the answers, waiting for Brent's answer the whole time. One of the it answers is Josiah Jordan-James. Because without the way that he, he, he was heating up from beyond the arc, they don't make the run they made. Um, See, Jeff, I, go, I go Vescovy as the... That's crazy uh, statistics, by the way, where they monitor, they keep the chip on them to see how much they run. And Carl Ravage said during the broadcast, he runs 100 miles more. He ran 100 miles more than second place in the team this year in practice. Practice and games combined with how much he's running on the court. I think Vescovy's their MVP. I think Kennedy Chandler's the one they can't lose. 
That's why when Kenny Chandler went down with the ankle injury Friday night, I was nervous that that's a guy you cannot go into the NCAA tournament without, with what he's done for this team lately. Um, Ch- Chandler's a good answer, too. I do think they're separate answers, though. That the, the X factor at times was Fulkerson in Tampa with some of the plays he was making. Fulkerson should have been a bigger factor all yesterday year. against well, all year, but yes, yes. yeah, Fulkerson's been a disappointment. Uh, he's gonna look; his career is gonna be looked on fondly for good reason. But been a disappointment this season. Fulkerson could be an X factor for this team. Fulkerson against A and M though yesterday in that SEC championship win, he should have been big time in that game when they went zone. He is the perfect big man against a zone when you get the ball elbow or high yes. post, and he can go to work and drive someone to the basket. He should have been more effective, and yes, he did a couple times, but he should have been more effective when A&M went zone in that game, which was effective for a stretch. He should have been bigger as a big guy uh, against the zone for Tennessee. Look, people are talking about the seed and all that. Doesn't matter now. They've got a decent draw. They, they're a 17-point favorite in their first game against Longwood. Win that. You're going to get a good team in round two. Everyone's going to get a good team in yep. round two. You win that one. You get to the second weekend, anything can happen at that point for this Tennessee team. And I wanted to ask Brent also, how would this team rank against that team of 2019 with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield? My answer to that is, get past the Sweet 16 and let's talk about it. Well, Because this- right now, they're not going to be remembered the same, but if they go to the, the school's first ever Final Four or get to the Elite Eight where that team lost a heartbreaker to Purdue in the Sweet 16 – then you're going to put them in the same conversation. Well, the the difference I have and the feeling I have from 2019 to now is the guard play. And and guard play was the issue then that we we were saying would hold them back if they if they trip up in some of these matchups in the tournament. Guard play dominates. And they've they've got three that can dominate any game. That can control the tempo and pace of any game. A quick baseball note because I know we're running up against time here at the end of the show. Matt Olson today traded to the Braves. Uh, this signaling what I believe is the end of Freddie Freeman with the Braves. Many people upset about mm-hmm. that. I don't like it. Freddie Freeman's the heart and soul of that organization. Uh, Matt Olson, though, is a great replacement. If you're going to have to go in a different direction and get a replacement for Freddie Freeman, you're not going to do any better than Matt Olson. Hutton, this is how little I've followed baseball because of the lockout, because all we followed is the lockout and Freddie Freeman. I didn't know they had to trade for Matt Olson. I thought he was a free agent, the way people talked about him. But the Braves traded for him. I well, thought he was just going to go and sign with someone. So is he, And that he was going to be an option for the Braves if they didn't re-sign Freddie Freeman. So is Freeman to the Yankees or the Dodgers? I'm guessing Dodgers, but it's one of the two. I've heard no other teams attached to Freddie Freeman. You don't, it's tra- been Yankees you don't trade or Dodgers. for Olsen unless you know you're out on the yeah. contract negotiations. They are, not, they are not wanting to give the amount of years on that contract to Freddie Freeman. And it's really, it really comes down to the extra year. Yep. The sixth year. And... L.A. or New York willing to, to pony up and do it. That, that, that's so unfortunate for Braves fans. And for him. It's unfortunate, but again, I'll I mean, say He's going to get paid, if, but I know he'd rather stay. It's unfortunate, but it's not like you're going to AAA to bring someone up and give him a shot at first base. Matt Olson is 1B behind Freddie Freeman. We've heard Paul sit here and say all offseason. By the way, I want to hear this when the Yankees signed Freddie Freeman. Yep. But all offseason, who, who is he preferred? I prefer Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman because he hits more home runs. So we'll see. Maybe the Braves preferred Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman. I don't get it. 
I think Freddie Freeman's better, and he's certainly been better for that franchise. And that's why you want to see him there long term. Yeah, that's can, not going to happen. Can Olsen provide the heartbeat that Freeman did? No, there's no way. Um, there's so, no way with the institutional knowledge of that uh, team. I also saw uh, someone tweet out that Matt Olson was going to be Dansby Swanson's roommate at Vandy, but then he got drafted high and went pro. Huh. So they're both from Atlanta. So Olson is also from the Atlanta area. Freddie Freeman, funny enough, is from Los Angeles. If he ends up signing with the Dodgers, he would be going home. Uh, Evan Ingram is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. He is signing a one-year contract. Um, a, a, a lot of one-year deals handed out today um, that will be official, again, official on Wednesday. J.C. Jackson gets a five-year, $82.5 million contract with the L.A. Chargers, so he's on the move from New England to Los Angeles. And according to uh, our great friend John McClain, who will join us tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, Deshaun Watson is going to meet with the Saints and Panthers and potentially other teams. He has rejected the Seattle Seahawks offer. Uh, keep in mind, he's got the no trade clause, so he's going to end up where he wants to go among the teams that make an offer. And I mean, the, the Texans have to unload him because they need yeah. more salary cap space. They've got to move on with their off season. Uh, the question now is what what's going to be the the offer that gets this movement going? Is it a couple of first round picks? I mean, keep in mind uh, the Texans potentially, depending on what happens, because they have some free agents of their own, potentially need a new starting safety. There's one in the top five. Um, If they end up making this trade um, with uh, some of the potential out there, they can end up with two top ten picks. Um, They've got some needs on defense as well at pass rush. So, I mean, if you, I think if you offer a couple first round picks this year, next year, and maybe some young talent, you can get Deshaun Watson. Rodgers is staying. Brady is back. Deshaun Watson now the story of the NFL offseason, where he lands. Also, according to Adam Schefter, Houston declined to speak with Indianapolis about Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson. So the Colts called. The Texans said no. Back at it tomorrow for OutKick 360 across the OutKick Network.